0: Lock, Talk Radio. Kingway,
1: Foxbeard, Lock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Triscoll's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Murder, Tendy's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. about left with an idiot. Back wolf is wet, wearing red. See this cat, can that Q is that enough of that? Beam me up, make it so
0: everybody, let's go. We about about the You can join us live by picking up your phone now. We talk about the series. we you now. We talk about the series. Welcome, we'll we'll
2: we'll 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 well, evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe with that awesome, incredible theme song. That means it's time for another episode of Trek Talking. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. And with me, as usual, are my Trek Spurs. But before I get to them, I just want to let you know that we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. And I'm so excited. We're going to have with us live in the studio, the one, the only, Victoria Fox. She's not only an actor, a writer, and a producer, but now she's a director. And she's recently directed the new Star Trek fan film, Interlude. And she's going to be on with us a little bit later. (laughs) Excuse me to talk about taking the director's reins. So you guys want to stick around for that. That'll be a lot of fun. But wait, there's more. We also have Starbuck on Star Trek. That's interesting. John Delancey talks Q. Jordy on Jeopardy. A COVID COVID scare shuts down Discovery. Dun, dun, dun. We have Star Trek birthdays, fan shout-outs, and around the globe. So you want to stick around. We have a lot of fun. Our studio line will be open, as always, and the phone number is 646-668-2433. 646-668-2433. We'll be with you for another two hours. So put that number in speed dial and get on the phone. So with me, as usual, are my experts, and we'll start out with the birthday boy himself. Dun, 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 dun. Who am I talking about? Sub Commander Charles, he's out in Las Vegas. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good.
3: Getting ready for the fact that yesterday was my birthday. I get to have my own three-day weekend, even though I got somebody else named Uncle Jim trying to celebrate my birthday by doing the
0: same thing.
3: Feeling all right. It's a little warm today. We're getting a bit of a heat wave, but I wish the wind would
0: give up.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's damp and a little bit chilly here, up here in Vermont, but that's okay. Camp opens tomorrow, and it's going to roll right out and be beautiful, so I'm all for that. I'm pretty excited. And we also have with us Eric. Eric is out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric?
1: I am doing fantastic. It is, I'm sorry, guys, another beautiful day in Portland. It's 77 degrees, sunny, breezy, uh, I just couldn't ask for any more, uh, and I'm super excited to talk to Victoria tonight. Uh, these fan films that we review are always so much fun, and she's a good friend of the podcast, and I'm super looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun when she when she comes on with us. So you guys can head on over to our Facebook page at Truck Talking and Beyond. Spell that all out. We have 48,875 followers. We're moving in on 50,000 We'd love to add you to this family. So head on over there, and while you're there, you'll see the "Live Long and Prosper" at the top of the page, and drop us a line. Tell us where you're from, because every week we go through and we give fan shout-outs to individuals who visit our Facebook page, and we also go around the globe and uh, send shout-outs to individual countries and see who's where around the globe. And for that. We turn to Eric. So, Eric, why don't you get us started with our Around the Globe numbers?
1: Well, guys, it is hard to believe that it has happened yet again. But here we are. Uh, The U.K. has done it again. 5.65% of our listeners, that is a new international record, come from the United Kingdom. Uh, I just don't even know what to say. I have lost count of how many weeks they have set records. I believe it's about four or so, perhaps five. They just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. Uh, The folks in the UK love us. We love them. It's all about Star Trek. It's amazing. I I just can't even believe it. I'm so impressed with the UK right now.
2: I I honestly, I was shocked when we broke 5%. And when we kept climbing from there, I was speechless. Now that we're at 5.65%, I Wow. Wow. <laughs> yep. It's so. it's
1: pretty impressive and here we go. We just keep they just keep on climbing. So thank you so much to the folks in the UK. We super appreciate uh all the listeners that we have there uh friends uh and new people alike. So thank you so much. In that number 2 spot for our international listeners this week is Australia. The folks down under. Now they were just a skosh under 4% last week and they Blasted ahead a full tenth of a percentage. So they are coming in at 4.06% of our listeners, Uh, a new record for Australia. So good job, folks. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us. In that number three spot, we've got Canada with 3.08% of our listeners, almost where they were last week. So thank you very much to the brothers and sisters that we have just to the north of our northern border. we always appreciate having the Canadians along for the ride and, and we hope you like listening to the podcast. In that number four spot, still holding steady are Scandinavian Brothers and Sisters, Norway with 2.27% of our listeners. And finally, in that number five spot, hold steady, right in the center of Europe, we have Germany with 1.26% of our listeners. Oh my gosh, you guys, so many international listeners, so many domestic listeners. I get so juiced up about all the people around the globe that listen to us every week, but Charles has the skinny on our top cities that listen to us, which is a new segment,
2: right? Right there, Jim. Yeah. I, I decided that rather than breaking them down by, by countries, let's narrow it down a little bit more to cities. And um, I want to do the first two because I don't want any, any nepotism going on here okay? <laughs> so, so uh, I'm going to do the first two and then Charles can jump in so coming in at 20 out of the top 100 cities uh, this city came in at 20 that's respectable that's very respectable and of course that's the home base of our very own Eric and I'm talking about Portland Oregon coming in at 20 impressive <laughs> very job, very impressive you are quite the draw in Portland Eric but
1: well the whole the whole team is that's for sure
2: not to be outdone though coming in at number 17 a few notches higher on our top 100 list our very own birthday boy himself sub commander Charles in Las Vegas comes in at 17 out of our top 100 that's extremely impressive. So, wow, you guys are, are quite the draw. And just as a comparison, just, just to throw this out there, your very own Uncle Jim, who's been at this since 2015, my hometown of Rutland, Vermont, didn't even crack the top 100. So, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Charles yeah, and I might have a slight just...
1: advantage with population there, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
2: guys, you guys uh, did all the hard work. So, Charles, why don't you take it away from here?
3: <laughs> all right. Well, number ten in the ten spot, we have San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. In number nine, we got Brisbane, Australia. The next one, uh-huh. I like doing this one. São Paulo, Brazil.
1: São Paulo, Brazil. thank you, São Paulo. Paulo.
3: Number seven is Chicago, Illinois. Illinois.
1: Illinois.
3: Represent. And then number six, <laughs> Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Ah, uh, I love Toronto. Number five, one of my favorite cities, Los Angeles,
0: California.
1: Had some good some times
3: of in L.A. the Hollywood and, yeah. and some of the near my popular amusement parks and, and some great beaches in that area. In number four, we have Melbourne, Australia. That's where our Aussies are. And number three, we got Sydney, New Wales, Australia. Number two, we got London in the U.K. We got lots of Londoners out there.
1: Mm-hmm. That must be where and most of our U.K. Sydney listeners come London. from. Yeah. yeah. And
3: absolutely.
1: Num-
3: number one. What do you mean, New York City? Yep, New <laughs> York City in New York. The city Sunday. So they North named North it twice. New, York, New York and Broadway must be popular with us.
2: Mm-hmm. That that kind of represents no me China. China.
3: Yeah. No wonder, no wonder. No wonder they have to have a convention in New York. That's where a lot of truckers are hiding out.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's <laughs> most of our, our 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 listeners in the United States are in New York, New York. That's pretty cool. Since I kind of grew up there, I spent a lot of summers down in Brooklyn where my grandparents lived, and I was born and raised in upstate New York before I moved up here. So, yeah, I kind of consider that my my home. So those are our top cities. Those are our top countries. And now we're going to do our top fans. These are individual people that listen to us and go on our Facebook page And tell us where they're from. And Eric, who do we have to say hello to tonight on your list?
1: Well, our very first fan shout-out this week goes out to Eric Diaz from Calle in Puerto Rico, down in the Caribbean. So, Eric, thank you for listening to us. It's good to know we have people down in Puerto Rico listening to us, too. That's totally awesome. Uh, We're also saying hello and giving a big thank-you shout-out to Katya Catharsis from Bonn. Germany, out there in Deutschland, one of our number five international listeners. Thank you so much, Katja. Man, just so cool. We have people so far away that listen to us. It just gets me every time. But wait, you think Germany's far away? Diraj Brijal lives in South Africa and is listening to us. So thank you, Diraj, for listening to us all the way down at the tip
2: of the continent, wow, that's pretty
1: amazing. Is that uh,
2: is that our first South Africa listener?
1: I cannot remember another South African listener. We have had very few uh, African countries represented in our uh, in our numbers, and that might be our first. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think we had some folks from Egypt once, but that that there's not yep. a lot of Africa representation. So yeah. Diraj, thank you so much for representing uh, South Africa for us. We're also sending a big shout out. Hello, and thank you for listening to Peter Sitowski from Stuttgart, also in Deutschland. So, Peter, wow, two people from Germany on my list. I love it. Thank you for listening. And my final one, which is very special and dear to my heart, Jean McLaren Sharp. If you are listening tonight from Oregon, where you hail from, isn't the weather nice? <laughs> thank you for listening to us, and thank you for contacting us on our Facebook page. Charles, who are you saying hello to this week?
3: Well, let's start off with Louis Lodo from Brazil. Awesome. So, look, he loves it.
1: Ah, uh, cool.
3: Kathy, Linda, what's called? From Palatine, Illinois, it's a suburb of Chicago.
1: Kathy, I've been oh. to Palatine many times.
3: Oh, I've been to Chicago, but not Palatine, that I know of. Unless you're near, unless it's near Great Mistakes, Illinois, and mm-hmm. our naval our naval friends know about that
0: one. Hmm.
3: Martin and South Asphalt. From West Coast, Joseph of Gordesenburg, Sweden. Wow. There's a in there. Martin, That's so it. cool. Great. And Philip Evans from St. Doritos, California. Ah, uh, I wonder who Jim's got on his list.
2: Well, I want to say hello and thank you to Bruce, Bruce Matthews. He says, I am an hour south of Montreal and an hour north of Star Trek Museum in Ticonderoga, New York, in Plattsburgh, New York. Well, you know what, Bruce? If, if they have Triconderoga again this year, and it's looking like maybe they'll be able to, it hasn't been decided for sure yet, but it's leaning in that direction. If they do, Bruce, you definitely should make it there because I hear there's going to be a really good-looking Klingon waving his batleth around. <laughs> and he'll probably let you touch it, <laughs> so uh, oh, you, you don't want to pass that up. And there's a, a there's a possibility that uh, Trick Talking may be there uh, doing a live show, and the Leslie Hoffman may be joining me there. So if you can Oof. make it to Truck Conoroga, and if they do it this year, Bruce. You definitely should stop by the booth. I'll, I'll get you on the, in the radio with us. You can introduce yourself to everyone and say hello. And I'll let you touch my bat list. So thank you for listening, Bruce. We really appreciate it. Kapla! We're also saying hello and thank you to Barbara Robles Casigu Casquero Casquero. Yeah, there you go. Yes, a Treki from Manila, Philippines. Thank you for listening, Barbara. We really, really appreciate it. We're also saying thank you and live long and prosper to Joe Manos from Stafford, New Jersey. And last, no, not last, I'm sorry. And also top fan, Andrew Polson from Buffalo, New York. I've been there several times. Great city. Thank you for listening, Andrew. And now, last but not least, Tracy Downey, who's listening to us in Australia. Good night, Knight. and we just love our Australian listeners. And I just wanted to go back to the um, uh, our Canada listeners, and I just wanted to say, take one more opportunity to say congratulations to GM Chris, our Canadian connection, on his on his recent engagements. Congratulations to Chris, and I, I hope all works out well for you. And without any further ado, it's time for our birthdays.
4: That was not a Klingon song.
2: And this part of the show, we always start off our birthdays with remembering those of our Star Trek family who are never, who are no longer with us. that, we turn to Eric. So Eric, who are we remembering tonight?
1: Yeah, our first remembrance this week goes out to the actor Vic Perrin, who played the character of Farn in the TOS episode Mirror, Mirror. Uh, If you do not remember who he is, uh, he's one of the Halkins. Uh, They're the people who have the little blue dot in the middle of their forehead. Uh, And he was, uh, I believe, the leader of the Halkin Council in that very excellent episode. I think the Halkins kind of get forgotten a little bit uh, with all of the Spock and, and Kirk shenanigans that go on in Mirror Mirror. So uh, happy birthday, and uh, and we're sorry that we uh, no longer have you, Vic Perrin. Um, excellent contribution to that episode. We're also saying uh, happy birthday and sending our remembrances out this week to K.E. Kuter, uh, who, played who played a Synthurian in uh, the TNG episode, The Nth Degree, And uh, also played the character of Sira in the DS9 episode, The Storyteller. So two credits uh, there. So happy birthday to Kay Cooter. We're also saying happy birthday and sending our remembrances out to Jacqueline Brooks, who played Admiral Brand in the TNG episode, The First Duty. Um, uh, You know, yet another one of those uh, uh, great uh, Federation admirals. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'll say. (laughs) Great, great job in that role, Jacqueline. Uh, We do miss you, and happy birthday. We're also sending uh, happy birthday remembrances out to Madge Sinclair, who played uh, Jordi LaForge's mother in the TNG episode Interface, and she also has a second credit uh, for Star Trek here. Uh, She played the captain of the USS Saratoga in Star Trek IV. Uh, Personally one of my favorite star trek movies it's right up there uh, part of that trilogy of two three and four um and it was uh it was very nice to see her there and then it was nice to see her again as jordy's mother um years later in tng
2: so happy birthday to madison Sinclair. Could, yeah go ahead. i could not find the name of that character from star trek four the captain of the uss saratoga yeah, um, she
1: it doesn't I, yeah, it it is interesting. I went and looked for it too and and I don't think the captain is named.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so. and and just a little side story, I went with my wife, well, my girlfriend Karen to see that when in high school, and I went to see it in upstate New York about half an hour south of Saratoga. And when the movie starts out, and she comes on and it's the USS Saratoga the entire audience started cheering and clapping that the USS Saratoga was in Star Trek. It was just a neat moment that, uh, you know, just stuck with me as cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. You know, Uh, well, well, thanks Jim. I always love your story. You've always got such great stories. Uh, And our last remembrance this week goes out to uh, somebody who I think is one of the icons of Star Trek. I consider him one of the icons of Star Trek. Um, He's a big one. He's played a few different roles uh, and some really, really big ones. Um, William Campbell would have had a birthday this week. Uh, He started out back, way back in the TOS era uh, playing Trelane uh, in the TOS episode The Squire of Gothos, uh, which I think is just I don't know. To me, that is one of those quintessential Tos episodes. That when you think of Tos, Squire of Gothos is just one of those ones that you think about, right? Another godlike being uh, that turns out to be nothing. Spoiler alert: nothing but a child, really. <laughs> well, <laughs> which, which I think is uh, is a pretty cool, um, a pretty cool. Uh, uh, what will I say? Storytelling uh, mechanism that has shown up a few times in. In Star Trek, so uh, he did a great job in that role. But wait, there's more. He was also uh, famous for playing uh, a Klingon, and I'm surprised that Jim didn't want to take this one from me. Both in the TOS episode uh, "Trouble with Tribbles" and years and years and years later in the DS episode DS9 episode "Blood Oath," um, we're of course talking about Kolos, uh, one of the big three. I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> Klingons uh, from that episode uh, and from back in the TOS days um, you know what can I say I mean that that trio is something really special in Star Trek lore and, and William Campbell is an absolutely essential part of that so having him both play a weird child god uh, and one of the most quintessential Klingons in all of Star Trek I think is pretty special so happy birthday to William Campbell we do miss you Charles,
2: Speaking of well, Jim, do old... you have a story about William Campbell? <laughs> well, yeah, I do have a story about William Campbell. Uh, yeah, I was at a convention up in Syracuse, New York. Uh, John DeLancey was there and William Campbell. They were both there. And I remember John DeLancey putting his armor around William Campbell and calling him son and oh. saying that Trelane was actually <laughs> Q's son on Star Trek. So that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was, that was cool, but I also I wanted to throw something in there. Did you see the new Blood Oath Attack Wing faction pack for the Klingons and Koloth uh, new card? Yes, awesome. I did. Awesome. And it is,
1: yeah, it is. It is really. Uh, I mean, that whole Blood Oath pack is going to be so much fun for Star Trek Attack Wing. But the the Cole Oath card that. Um, that Jim is talking about is, uh, let's see, when an opposing ship within range performs a maneuver, place two time tokens on this card, perform a maneuver on this ship, dial with a speed of two. So you can just like, oh, somebody's close to me, been around, do another maneuver, and boom, uh, catch somebody in your firing arc. So I'm pretty excited about that whole pack.
2: Yeah, that's going to be fun. So listen, guys, so, we still have a few more birthdays to go through. Don't touch that. Dial. We'll be right back after we hear this very important message from my good friend TJ at Freakopolis Geekery. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
4: This podcast is brought to you in part by the Freakopolis Geekery, the premier upstate New York comics and game shop. Centrally located between Saratoga Glens Falls, Ticonderoga, and Rutland, Vermont, the Geekery is a haven for pop culture and science fiction fans. For Star Trek fans, the Geekery features board games like Ascendancy, as well as awesome gaming titles like Star Trek Adventures RPG from Modiphius, Star Trek Away Team's HeroClix, and of course, Star Trek Attack Wing: ship-to-ship tactical combat for the tabletop. The Geekery hosts casual play sessions, learn-to-play sessions, and sanctioned organized play tournaments with limited-edition prize support. You'll also find comics and trade paperbacks at Freakopolis, including Star Trek titles from IDW. Lots of issues are in stock and special orders are no problem. Whether you visit in person by shuttlecraft or beam in online to freakopolis.com, you'll find yourself right at home at the Freakopolis Geekery.
2: And we're back. I'm so excited that this COVID, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and next month, uh Freakopolis is going to be able to open up to in-store gaming again. I'm so excited about that. But we have some more important stuff to talk about. Charles, who's on your birthday list?
3: Well, I have to go through my list. Sort of, I meet. He played Thompson in the TOS episode "Wink of an Eye." David O. Ross played Lieutenant Galloway in the TOS episode "The Omega Glory." And I move on to Gabriel Damon, who played Jeremy Astor in the t episode, Bonding. Doug Warhit played Zago in
0: T&G's
3: The Battle. Glenn Morshauer played Enson Burke in T&G's Performance. And I've got John Vargas, who played Powell in Voyager's Concerning Flight. Leslie Ann Jordan, who played Cole in Voyager's False Prophet. Galvin O'Hernley played Jabin in Voyager episode Caretaker. Nadina Clark who played Sarin. In Enterprise's Boak and Bo, and then the ones that finish us off to our CBS our Paramount era. And one, and I know many of fans really were interested in a lot of talk, a lot of rumors, about Paul, you know, the foil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Guilfoyle. Guilfoyle are one of our most talked-about characters, Carl,
0: who we later
3: found out was the Guardian of Forever. Discovery's Terraformer Part 1 and 2. And I just love that Giorgio scenes in there. Back with the Emperor. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll finish off my list with Jack Quay, who whose voice was Brad Boyler in our fun series Lower Deck. Oh, Brad, such a fun character, and I cannot wait to see what happens with him in season two <laughs>
1: on the Titans. Our
3: jazzy captain by his side. But, okay, Jim, you're trying to take a breath and start going down
2: your list. Yeah, we got a lot of birth, but I, I think it's fun to remember all these people and all these great characters and these great episodes that they were in. So we're going to start off with saying happy birthday to Becky Wallstrom who played the Visian Cogenitor in the Enterprise Cogenitor. You guys remember that okay. episode? That was the episode yeah. where it takes three to have a baby and uh the co-genitor I, I, is a sex slave i guess is the easiest way to put it and they well, like they're yeah, they're, held, they're owned and and they're used uh, yeah a sex slave is i can't think of a better way to describe it um uh, but it's it's a really good episode it really makes you think and happy birthday to Becky for bringing that character to life for us great episode um, also, we'd like to say happy birthday to Jill Ireland, who played Leela in the TOS episode This Side of Paradise. You guys remember her? She's the one that was, that got Spock to hang upside down and look at the clouds and stuff. A great PL, episode yeah. of TOS. Really good one. We're also saying happy birthday to Emily Bergle, who played Bethany in the Enterprise episode North Star. That's where the Enterprise goes back to the old west. That was a fun episode as well. And this next one, I wish Leslie was here. We're saying happy birthday to Dorian Fien who played Molly on Deep Space Nine's episode Children of Time. Um, Leslie got to work with her on this particular episode and has a lot of great stories about how they did that whole whole wormhole effect where she changes time and ages and stuff. And uh, Leslie got to work with her and said it was a lot of fun. So happy birthday to Dorian. Up next, we have Olivia Berkland, who played Ensign Marla Gilmore in the Voyager episode Equinox. She's one of the people that was on the Equinox that was killing the interdimensional beings and got absorbed by the Voyager crew. Uh, Unfortunately, we never saw her again. But she is on the Voyager crew, and she did make it back to Earth with the Voyager crew, as far as I know. Uh, Yeah, I think think five, what was
1: it, five people, I think, we learned from the Janeway biography Uh, from Equinox Crew made it back.
2: Yeah, I think she was one of them. Um, Also, Bonnie Beecher, who played Sylvia in the TOS episode Specter of the Gun, she's the one that gets Chekhov killed, his his date, so to speak. And another one that has a tie into Leslie, Lisa Wilcox, who played Eula in the TNG episode The Vengeance Factor. But she also, I think she's more well-known for her part in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, And part five, she's the one that introduces the dream warrior power in the movie Mm -hmm. and battles Freddy in his dreams. So happy birthday to Lisa Wilcox. Now, I I always save the biggest and the best for last. And it got tough at this point (laughs) because I always like to do the Klingons. I love the Klingons and I like to do the Klingons last. So... These are a little might seem a little bit out of order to you guys, but it is what it is. We would like to say happy birthday to Red from Orange is the New Black. <laughs> great TV show. If you've never seen it, what are you waiting for? It's great. Uh, but if you haven't seen it and you don't know who Red was, of course, I'm talking about Captain Catherine Janeway. From Star Trek Voyager and soon to be released, Star Trek Prodigy. Um, happy birthday to Kate Mulgrew. She's a great role model for young girls and, a, and one of the best Starfleet captains around. Happy birthday to Kate Mulgrew. Eric, would you like to say anything about Kate Mulgrew?
1: I'll just say that I have loved Kate Mulgrew from the very first uh, episode of Voyager that I ever saw. I was unaware of her as an actress before that, but... Um, I've been a big fan, loved her in Orange is the New Black. I mean, what a what a 180 from a Janeway-type character, right? Uh, but fantastic and plugged right into that show, into a necessary role. And I just think Kate Mulgrew is awesome. And I love every interview with her, too. She's, she's so intelligent and, you know, she's careful with her words, but well-spoken, uh, well-read. So just a joy to listen to. So, yeah, personal happy birthday to Kate Mulgrew. I hope to be able to actually
2: meet you one day. And I was watching a, a movie that I am kind of fond of called Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. And Kate Mulgrew is in Remo Williams, a 1984 movie. And I was watching and I was like, oh, my God, that's Captain Janeway. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> she keeps, pops up everywhere. That, that would have been before well, I knew that she was. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well,
3: I'm going to say, Eric, I haven't met her directly in
0: person,
3: but I've listened to her panels on stage. And, yes, she's even good on panels. She is just Mm -hmm. so fun to listen to with her stories. She even talks about uh, Red. She even talks about Red on at least
2: one of her panels.
0: Mm, That's good. She is
2: a fun person to listen to.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Now, the next birthday... Uh, it's not as big a character as Captain Janeway, but falls under the Klingon category. And this woman, we had her on the podcast to celebrate Star Trek's uh, Star Trek 5, the Final Frontier's 30th anniversary and she was a doll okay. and uh, she even spoke Klingon for us. she was such a great interview. I had such a good time talking to her and I just love her to death. I love her character. I happen to be a huge fan of Star Trek V: The Final Frontier. I'm talking about Vixis Spice Williams Crosby. Happy birthday, capla! And I posted on our Facebook page for anybody that's interested the interview that we did with her, and uh, you guys can go and give it a listen if you feel so inclined. She was great, and I she love was her. the best. Happy birthday! One of my favorites, Spice Williams Crosby, and. And I told you that it was hard to break this list down because there were so many great ones at the end, and, and I wasn't quite sure how to put them all in there. But, uh, you know, I managed. I managed <laughs> to get through it all. I did. I did. I, I did. can't believe but Kate
1: Mulgrew is third from last.
2: <laughs> I I know. It's, it's
1: but I get hard. it.
2: I get it. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, I had to put them Vulcan
2: in. Oh, to laugh for <laughs> I I had to put them in some type of an order, didn't I? Yeah, I <laughs> totally. Mean, really, well, you did a great job. I I'm very. But
1: excited they had about to go
2: Yeah, they had to go in some type of order, and I always do the. I love my Klingons. I do the Klingons last, so I had to bump Kate up in front of the Klingons because that's just what I do, and. Uh, that left this last one the biggest one i think the best one of all for last and i gotta say that i've been doing this podcast since 2015 i have gone through a lot of co-hosts in in these years started off with the admiral ken and myself and went with me and ken me and someone else me and someone else me and someone else i had a couple pop in here and there whose names i can't even remember and um I think if you go back and listen to some of our past podcasts, I think we found the formula. And I think we found it because if you look at our numbers, look at our cities, look at our listeners, we've just taken off. And a few years ago when I lost my last co-host, he says to me, well, I have a friend in the in the USS Las Vegas who I think would be very good for your show. Put me in touch with this individual and – He has been my right-hand man on this podcast ever since then. And I think at that time, we were at uh, 5,000 followers, I think. We had just broken 5,000. Even less because we had 5,000
1: when I joined. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and now we're pushing 50. So that's how long he's been with me. And you know what? I can't do the show without great people around me and that, that's what makes the show work is that we're, we all have each other's backs and we all lift each other up and I think it's all of our different opinions and all of our inputs put together that make the show interesting and make it that the fans, something the fans want to listen to. There's a lot of podcasts out there yet you guys choose us and I think it's because of the awesome co-hosts that I have. So on this night I just I just got to say happy birthday to our very own sub commander Charles and just say thank you for hanging out and Trek talking with me for all these years and for making Thursday night something that I look forward to, you know, every week, I can't wait for Thursday night so that we can hang out and Trek talk. So thank you so much, Charles. Uh, I really appreciate everything you do, manning our Facebook page, sticking with me through the whole situation that happened last week and helping me clean up afterwards. Um, I could never have done it without you and uh, I wouldn't think of doing the podcast by myself so that means we have to play a very special happy birthday song and send it out to our very own sub commander well,
1: looking for a fight there's an Arab on the corner by and everything inside there's a mother- get over with another now for feet. Seems that everywhere you look today there's misery and greed. I guess you know the earth is going to crash
5: into the sun. But that's no reason why we shouldn't have a little fun. So if you think it's scary, if it's more than you can take, just blow out the candles and have a piece of cake. Happy birthday! Happy birthday
0: to you. Happy birthday.
2: Happy birthday, Charles, and thank you for putting up with me for all these years.
3: Oh, thank you. You said you look forward to Thursday. Thursday is always on my list. like, okay, got to block in, got to do truck talking. Always on your board, like, okay, what's going to happen next? What are we doing? What are we going to be talking about? It's always a great end of the week. It's like, oh, I know Friday's almost here because I get to do the podcast. And I get to talk to Jim and Eric, it's
2: just Yeah. It's a lot of fun.
3: Jim Eric so, and Happy birthday.
2: Going on? Happy birthday, Charlie. <laughs> so with all of our awesome birthdays out of the way, it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel.
1: Incoming
4: transmission.
1: Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program.
5: Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert.
2: So I'm going to start off our news this week with a story. And all the stories we're going to talk about, by the way, you guys can find on our Facebook page, and you can read them in their entirety instead of my little, you know, brief breakdown of of the highlights of the story. And our phone number, of course, is 646-668-2433. You want to give us a call and have your questions ready for Victoria Fox. We're going to be talking about Star Trek fan films a little bit later on. Speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery temporarily shuts down Toronto production over offset COVID contact. Um, As the coronavirus infection surge in and around Toronto once again, Star Trek Discovery has hit the pause button on production. Months into shooting, its fourth season, the series has shuttered for the next two weeks due to a contact that was a little too close for comfort for CBS Studios. Out on an abundance of caution, production officially was halted, which means right now Discovery is penciled in to turn on the lights and phasers around May 6. The decision to stop production came swiftly after a Zone A individual on Discovery came in close proximity earlier this week with someone who had tested positive for COVID-19. The contact occurred away from Discovery's Pinewood studio set. The matter was detected through the contact tracing system widely employed in Canada's largest city, and elsewhere in the province of ontario so everybody is fine uh the, the show is is all set they just took a precaution and like i said they're due to go back to filming next week so i just wanted to throw that out there to everybody I've, there's been a lot of rumors flying around and none of them are true and everybody's fine discovery will be back and no problem. also Discovery and um, Strange New Worlds film at different locations. So Strange New Worlds was not affected by the Discovery shutdown at all because of the way they do their pods and things like that. So Strange New Worlds is still filming, and Discovery has stopped for two weeks. So there you have it. Eric, what do you have for us tonight? Oh, man, I'm really
1: super excited about this story. And I I, got to tell you – of all of the kind of, like, I don't tend to pay much attention to the sort of what-if scenarios, like what if somebody came on Star Trek and, and guest starred in an amazing role, but I have to tell you, I'm a big fan of this one <laughs> from because she basically hits two of my three favorite franchises uh, on the planet. So Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica star Katie Sakoff who actually every once in a while hangs out in Oregon coffee shops, would be open to a Star Trek role. After battling the Flash in the DC Universe and spending time in memorable roles in the Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica universes, actor Katie Sakoff said in a new interview that she would not say no to a chance to appear in a Star Trek project in the future. Sakoff, who became a geek icon with her role as Starbuck in the Battlestar Galactica remake, has since gone on to appear in Longmire, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and The Mandalorian. Quote, I mean, I haven't been in Star Trek, Sackhoff told Looper. That seems to be one that's still there, that's still there and still exists for the possibility. A pretty good possibility at that. Sakoff has a long history providing voices for the irreverent animated series Robot Chicken, and so it would seem... Uh, And so it wouldn't seem unreasonable to think that that Star Trek Lower Decks or even the upcoming Star Trek Prodigy series would be out of the question. In both comedies, they're both comedies and kids shows, there's the possibility to embrace something that Sackhoff does better than almost anybody going over the top in a delicious way. And, uh, man, I don't know what the right role for her would be, but I think she would be amazing in a Star Trek series. Now, my question to you guys as a follow-up on this article is, which Star Trek series do you think Katie Sackhoff slots best into? Just as an actress. Well,
3: I think there are so many many possibilities in Lower Decks. Yeah. I think it would be so easy... They've had so they've had several people guests on that one already. It wouldn't be good at all to be getting her in another that kind of position. She's not as I don't know what kind of characters they're gonna have in Prodigy. But we've always seen so many guests on lower decks already. I think it'd be easy to throw a character in there.
0: Look mm-hmm. at how easy
3: they put John Delancey in there. Oh, John Delancey's in there. Oh there's two.
1: He just
2: popped
1: in. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think, Jim? Which series is best for James I would love to
2: see her return. I would love to see her fill in for Jax as a new security officer on oh. um, the Cerritos. World. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, on, you know? on Lower Decks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Decks. Lower
2: Decks. Oh, like Jax. Jack- oh, oh. You know, an animated <laughs> version of, of her I think would be great. <laughs>
1: You know, I think that would be amazing, but wouldn't she also be so cool as a Fenris Ranger in Star Trek Picard? Uh, Like her alongside, uh, you know, Jerry, uh, Jerry Ryan. Oh, my God, I I can't even imagine.
2: (laughs) It's like too much power in one room. That would work. That would work. I think it would work anywhere, actually.
1: Yeah, you're right. She's made for it. She's made for it. All right, Charles, take us to the next article.
3: All right, well I talked about this last week and it we uh, I was talked about this a little bit about this happening. Of R. Burton to be Jeopardy guest host. Petition credited. The two hundred thousand plus of our Burton boosters who signed a petition calling him to be the new Jeopardy host will get to see him try the job on precise. Burton is among the final group of guest hosts for the quick show, with launch of longtime host Alex Rebecca to cancer last November. And he put off his announcement in an email. A spokesman for Burton said he believes the kitchen drive and his social media interactions with fans were a factor in the invitation to him to be guest host. I can't wait for the exact dates to be announced for that. I'm either at home or DVR, but I want to see how he does on Jeopardy. I can't wait to see him there. Mm,
0: that's going to be so cool.
3: Not only a Geordie fan, but a uh, but a Reading Rainbow fan as well.
1: That's the thing is he's just so well-spoken, and I think that he has a natural kind of presence that will lend itself well. You know, Jeopardy Jeopardy's different from other game shows where you don't have to be you know, quite as, uh, funny and kind of like, you know, making little jokes on the side. It's, it's a little bit higher class. Um, and I really think he fits right into that, uh, just genre right there. It's going to be amazing. And, and as I said last week, my friend Dagny is freaking out about this because she is a huge Jeopardy fan, like a gigantic Jeopardy fan and also a huge LeVar Burton fan. So thank you fans for helping him get to this point.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we talked a little bit about this last week as well. Uh, Zachary Quinto would be happy to do another Star Trek movie, open to a Spock TV show too. Within the franchise set to return to the big screen in June of 2023. Now one of the stars of the last three Star Trek films is weighing in on the possibility of a fourth. Zachary Quinto, who played Spock in the 3 Kelvin Universe Star Trek film, expressed ignorance on the future. He's also optimistic of the Kelvin cast interest. He said, honestly, I have no real idea what's going on with Star Trek, but we all love each other and we all love the experience. And I'm sure if it comes back around and we're available, I'm sure we'd be happy to jump back on board. No pun intended. That's in other people's hands now. I, for one, have had sort of moved on in terms of any kind of expectations, but you never know. Things come back in surprising ways, and at surprising times, and it could be fun if it happens. Interesting, interesting. Uh, these days, mm-hmm. franchises are getting a lot more complicated, including characters moving between feature films and television, such as the Disney Plus Marvel show WandaVision and upcoming Star Wars Kenobi limited series. When asked what he thought of the idea of doing Spock on the small screen for Paramount Plus, and if he was open to the idea, Zachary said, it's so hard to say. I consider anything and everything that comes into my experience, and I consider it on an individual basis based on criteria that are specific to the time and those circumstances. It's hard to be theoretical about these things. Quinto told pop culture, reiterating that while he has not moved on from the character, he is not going to feel attached to any expectations just yet. I love that character. I love that world. I think there's a lot of possibilities of storytelling in there, and I'd certainly be open to any conversation, but it depends on the who, what, where, when, and how, and why. And like all those questions that can only be answered in specifics, not necessarily hypothetically, so will With Paramount Pictures and CBS now again all under the Viacom CBS banner, bringing the films and television shows back together is a distinct possibility. So we might see Zachary Quinto's Spock maybe showing up on one of the TV shows. Who knows? I would be up for it. I think he played a great Spock. Myself. Yeah, he
1: played a I he think- played a great Spock, and it's interesting be- that he gave such a kind of cryptic answer to that question. I mean, he almost gave like a Spock like answer to that question because, of course, Zachary Quinto was first made well, I don't know if first made. I certainly became aware of him uh, as Siler from Heroes, of course, which is a television show. So, you know. A Return to Small Screen, he he seems to, I don't know, this article seems to uh, suggest that he thinks that that's almost like a downgrade from the films for Spock, but I think it would be awesome to have a Spock TV show, and he does such a great job in that role. It, it brings a new flavor to
2: that character. Yeah, I'd agree. And Charles, what, what do you got for us next? Okay, well, now
3: we're going back to LeVar again. LeVar Burton, I don't necessarily need to go back to the character of Geordie LaForge. Remember last year when LeVar Burton seemed to suggest he would be happy to reprise his role all these LaForge, to to the character cards? Well, it seems as though he may have changed his mind. Of course, in true Hollywood fashion, he's leaving the possibility open. Burton called Newsweek, I'm really happy with where Geordie sits in my life. And even though I feel like it would be fun to revisit him now and again, living in his skin every day, I don't necessarily need to go back to, that, to doing that. When, asked, when they asked him explicitly whether Jordy could turn up in Picard, he'd do, he said maybe, noting that the time period of Picard is contemptuous, and he's right. In fact, Jordy Ford is no, as a notable character in the Cars' pre-qu- prequel comic series Countdown, which he established that at least at the time of the attack on Mars, he was in contact with the Cars. And if you go into the book The Last Best Hope, Jordy is mentioned. Jordy is talked about in that book as well because he was on Mars at the time. And was off planet when Mars was attacked, so we know that Geordie survived the attack. So we know Jordy's out there. What's going on with him? Who knows? But I would personally I would love to see more Geordie on Picard.
4: Yeah, I mean this
3: idea in where he sits in the story, not to bring him back just to bring him back.
1: Yeah, I was reminded of how much I really want to see Jordy in Picard uh, because of our show last week when we rewatched All Good Things. And I love the scene where he comes to Picard in the vineyard and, you know, his eyes are different. He's got new implants and which, of course, we see later in the movies. But, um, you know, that that kind of like future Jordy just coming back to care for and interact with an elderly Picard. I was after the book. I was particularly excited about this. So I hope that him saying I don't necessarily need to go back, I'm hoping that means I really am excited about going back. But, you know, if it didn't happen, it would be okay. Because I would love to see him. I just feel like that's that's one of the things I really want to see in Picard is Jordy. I want to see Jordy and Worf. Those are my big two.
2: So, listen, guys, we have to take uh, another quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be visiting with Victoria Fox from the Avalon Universe. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Get us on speed dial. Have your questions ready. Give us a call right after this quick commercial break.
4: Trek talking. All things Star Trek and
2: beyond. Thursday night, 730 to 930, all hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek talking, boldly going wherever your mind
3: is willing to go.
2: And we're back. And Eric, uh, there's a little bit more on To Card Season 2 that you need to tell us about, isn't there?
1: Uh, There sure is, and it has a tie to another one of my favorite series. So could a Star Trek Picard Season 2 trailer Easter egg hint at a Deep Space Nine tie? Mm Mm-hmm. Although it's only on screen for a split second, eagle-eyed fans can catch a glimpse of the Bajoran Reckoning tablet an artifact from the Star Trek Deep Space Nine uh, finale that could hint at the return of another beloved character. If you watch with a discerning eye, you'll spot the tablet in the second shot of the trailer right around the 12-second mark. It's an oval-shaped stone with Bajoran carvings that's missing a few pieces from wear and tear. It's an exciting Easter egg that may point to the long-awaited return of everyone's favorite emissary, Captain Benjamin Sisko, played by Avery Brooks. The Reckoning tablet made its first and only appearance in the DS9 episode, The Reckoning, which, uh, when it was discovered and taken to Deep Space Nine to be studied. Captain Sisko worked with Dax to try and decipher the markings on the tablet, which is an ancient Bajoran artifact with significant ties to the prophets, wormhole aliens who also serve as gods to the Bajoran people. In addition to housing a prophet, the tablet also housed a Pah race, an evil false prophet deep space nine ends on that final mystery if and when captain cisco will return with the bajoran reckoning tablet and picard trailer we may finally have a hint toward an answer captain cisco smashed the tablet to pieces during the events of deep space nine but in the picard season two trailer it's been pieced back together Considering the tablet itself bears the inscription Welcome Emissary, it's not a huge leap in logic to wonder if the tablet could indicate the long-awaited return of Captain Sisko. Oh my gosh, you guys. My mind is exploding. Um, I honestly, like in all of the years since DS9 watching interviews with Avery Brooks and stuff, I never got the sense that he really wanted to return uh, as Captain Sisko, and I You know, this article doesn't say that he is, but it does, you know, that when I saw that trailer and I saw that Reckoning tablet, which is an obvious tie directly to the emissary, you know, what are they going to do with that? Um, Remember that one of the things that he says uh, during that final episode is he says he'll return, but there's this whole time thing with the prophets, right? Like they don't even understand linear time when he first meets them in Emissary, yeah. So so it could be that maybe, and this is my prediction right now, I'll call it out. I think we do get a return of Benjamin Sisko, but I think it's going to be a younger Benjamin Sisko played by a different actor. That's my guess. I don't know that Avery Brooks will come back, but that's just my personal you know prediction based on kind of the interviews that he's given since the DS9 days still i am all in for return of the character benjamin Sisko. so love this article
2: well
3: well did, did you guys happen to see the
2: uh, did you guys happen to see the picture uh, from the card season 2 of rafi and seven sitting on what appears to be a train yeah, yeah
1: back in time baby right so, so what if there's a connection to like the Bell Riots episode from DS9? Yeah, like that that would be, be so cool.
2: Some, we could be talking some time travel shenanigans. Yeah, with yeah. You maybe. So you know, there's a lot that could happen. So I'm I'm pretty psyched about it.
3: Yeah. Convention-wise, Avery's not shown up to anything to DS9. In fact, even his interviews on the what we left behind is from the captain's documentary that yeah. i know he kept in contact with him, but he did not do any new interviews for that documentary so i would not be surprised that he does come back now they could bring this or something with the profits back but i'm just kind of hesitant to think of him coming back
2: right
1: but the character could definitely make a return, which is yeah. exciting. Oh, the
2: character, yeah, a younger version of him played by a different a car- uh, different actor, could easily happen. Very easily. So, guys, it. I I told you at the top of the hour, and the time has come. Our phone number here is six four six six 646-668-2433. and uh, we have with us uh, actor producer, writer, and director extraordinaire, and kicker of Klingon butts, the one, <laughs> the only, Victoria Fox with us. How you doing tonight, Victoria?
5: <laughs> I, I think my favorite piece of that is kicker of Klingon butts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you are. And you, that might, that did, might be the I, one
5: of those I'm the most proud of.
2: <laughs> I, I did, I did see you kick not one, but two different Klingon, but actually, I thought, I think I saw you kick two Klingon butts in the same episode, matter of fact. That's right.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, that happened, but, um, little behind the scenes info, uh, it depends on how you count because I've either click, either kicked two or three Klingon butts because one of the two Klingons that I fought in the same episode was the same guy who same stunt guy who played the Klingon the first time around. So I I kicked his butt once and he came back for more.
1: Oh yeah, new character.
2: That's that's three. That counts as three. <laughs> yes, that counts as three Klingon butts. We're keeping score.
5: <laughs> all right, I'll take it. <laughs> we're,
2: yeah, we're taking. So, what do you think about the uh, Picard rumors about maybe the character of Captain Cisco returning?
5: Fascinating, and I I love that you know sci-fi gives us all of these fun options for seeing you know the character in a different you know time. You know, period than we've known them before. Getting to to take that back and that way, you know, you get to see a new actor take on that same role um, and interpret it based on you know everything that we know about Cisco. I I think that would be great. I would I would really like to see something some twists like that happen.
2: Yeah, and with the, with the Q connection, anything is possible. He just snaps his fingers and it's, right. it's done.
0: Yep, <laughs> you know, absolutely, no anything can though.
2: <laughs> whatever he does he does done end the story yeah. kind of like yeah, exactly. kind of like um it's kind of like when people kill off your favorite characters in movies they just snap their fingers and they're dead who <laughs> would we'll do something like that does that happen do that? i'm
5: sorry <laughs> no no <laughs> that never happens
2: <laughs> so
0: oh boy you know i actually <laughs>
5: My boyfriend gives me a hard time because we'll watch any TV show. Just, I mean, pick a TV show that we've watched, and I will see a character, and I'll go, oh, I like them. And he'll go, why? They're going to die now. <laughs> because it, it happens every time. Every character that I love winds up dead. Every remind time not without to, fail.
1: Remind me not to watch TV <laughs> with you.
5: <laughs>
3: right? Oh, man. Even though Victoria likes R so much.
5: <laughs> well, all right. Oh. I mean, this is this is this is something that I I didn't notice when I was younger. It's something I've only noticed as an adult. So I don't know if it goes back that far.
2: <laughs> Pretty good power. Well, I I remember watching Battlestar Galactica for the first time and getting all excited and seeing Rick Springfield, Jesse's girl, flying around in a Viper with Captain Apollo. And then four minutes later, he's dead. Yep. done. I'm like, wow. The first big kill off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he wishes he was Jesse's girl now. <laughs> Should have stayed on Earth. Yep. Oh boy. So, <laughs> anyways, guys, we're talking with Victoria Fox. Our phone number here is six four six 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 eight two four three three, and uh, just let me give you guys a little rundown about Victoria. If you don't know, Victoria Fox is involved in the Avalon universe and we've had several of the actors from their different episodes on this podcast in court, including Victoria herself several times. And uh, you can find links to their um, excellent fan film um, on YouTube all over the place. So please go and check those out. And tonight though, we're going to be talking about one in particular called Interlude. Now, uh, usually when we talk to Victoria about one of her movies, she's kicking some Klingon butt, usually, as we were just joking about. Uh, she'll kick some Klingon butt, or uh, maybe she wrote an episode or something. But in this particular case, she's the director. So um, what was it like going behind the camera versus being in front of the camera? Was it, was it different?
5: Well, this is not the first one that I've directed. I've directed several of the Avalon Universe films, but this is the first time that I was directing for someone else, not a project that Josh and I were doing with Avalon, but someone else came to us and had a film that they wanted to get made, uh, but they're not a filmmaker. So they asked for our help, and so – Uh, jumped on board and uh, took their script. And it's not an Avalon universe. It's not connected to Avalon universe in any way. It's actually connected um, to the Axanar uh, universe. Um, So if you've ever heard of Prelude to Axanar, this was a film that um, the writer, Jonathan Lane, who also was the executive producer, uh, he had written this film, to basically pick up exactly where Prelude uh, to Axanar left off. So that was the thing that was different about this one was that it wasn't something I was directing that I had written because thus far everything I've directed uh, was a film I'd written. So it's a little bit different experience when you are taking something that you wrote and you know the ins and outs of because you created it uh, and you're bringing it to life versus someone else handing you a script on the page that they have written, and then you're trying to take their idea and their story and bring it to life with your interpretation on it to the screen. That's a whole different ballgame.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you didn't physically kick any Klingon butt, but you did get to kick some Klingon butt indirectly. There was some really great space battles in that. Um, yes, in the interlude really really yeah stuff really good stuff yeah
5: we, so, uh, we had a fantastic cg artist um combined with a great sound mixer and an absolutely phenomenal composer who put all the pieces together to make those space battles uh work and i'm really really thrilled with them
2: now i've got to ask you because i i had a lot of a lot of fans were contacting me on our Facebook page cuz they were they were confused about something that I want to I want to just get clarification on and that is the Avalon Universe you are still working on the Avalon Universe and this is a completely independent separate project from what you're doing in the Avalon Universe and the Avalon Universe is still going to continue on as it was before correct
5: Well so that's a complicated answer Jim <laughs> Okay, well, leave um, it to me. Good job, Jim. Leave it to me. So that's an answer that comes in several parts. So um, first of all, yes, this was a completely separate film, a completely separate story that was not connected to the Avalon universe. The only connection to Avalon universe it had was that um, myself and Josh were working on it, and, and that's it. Avalon Universe will be continuing. However, unfortunately, since the last time that you and I talked. um, Now, wait, 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 you're not going
2: to kill, you're not killing people off because I can't (laughs) handle that right now.
5: (laughs) Well, so I have not, I have not killed anyone off. However, unfortunately, um, Josh Irwin has decided that he uh, wishes to take Avalon Universe forward by himself um, so I am no longer going to be involved in Avalon universe, uh, by extension, that means I guess we'll never know what happened to Beck or Ramirez or potentially some of the other, uh, Excalibur crew, <laughs> um, Josh has <laughs> decided to go forward, um, by going backward. <laughs> um, uh, it's not out yet I don't believe um, but some of you may remember a guy called Derek Mason from the very first uh, Avalon Universe film Ghost Ship uh, played Absolutely. by yeah, Tyler killed, Donovan yeah you guys killed yeah, him, we, off killed him. Too. <laughs> we killed him but if you recall as I told you at the time um, and, and as we kind of discussed earlier uh, it's sci-fi you know So just because someone died doesn't mean they're gone forever. Um, And so that's what Josh has decided to do is he's decided to uh, backtrack and take things in a direction with, uh, I I can't say because it's spoilers, but you're going to be, you're going to get to see Derek Mason again. So, uh, you know, silver lining. I know a lot of people loved him uh, and would like to see more of him. So that's going to happen in the future.
2: Now, what about Archer?
5: Um, I believe Archer will also be seen at some uh, point. She
2: was so, that actress was so... I don't so, know how soon I, that's
5: going to happen. Uh exactly, because um on the personal side of things um part of Tori's absence uh is because she has just had a baby <laughs> uh-huh. um, so so she was so she was a little occupied um creating a new human being for a while <laughs> uh, It takes a lot of time and focus um it does. so. Yep. Yeah, so um, she will be coming back um, at some point in the near future, I think. Uh, once you know, family is kind of settled in a little bit, and she's you know maybe maybe getting a night's sleep here and there on occasion again.
2: <laughs> yep, she, she she was a great character. I, I she was phenomenal. I really liked her a lot. And then you killed her. <laughs> I
5: oh, I know. I, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Um that one that one is actually 100% on Josh. Uh he literally created that character to kill her. Um she she was oh, well. uh-huh. she was she was originally um she was originally going to die. I mean, that was the plan the whole time because um that character was intended as um character development for Tyler's uh Captain Mason, only then we wound up having to kill him first because of other issues with having him <laughs> available. Very, com-
1: <laughs> very complicated.
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, filmmaking is a is a constant um, roller coaster of changing circumstances. And, you know, you just kind of have to roll with the punches and, you know, do things on the fly sometimes. And so wound up in a situation where the character who was supposed to be getting developed uh, got killed instead (laughs) temporarily. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Josh still had the story that he had planned where in Archer was going to die. And he said, Nope, I'm still going to kill her. So we did. Um, But, you know, as I said, caveat being it's sci-fi. You don't really know that anyone is ever dead forever.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, she was a red shirt too, so you know you got to take that, you know.
5: And we know how that goes, right? So. <laughs> yeah,
2: we we know how the red shirts go. <laughs> well, anyways, so let's uh, yeah, see. We got e What do we want to do here? Uh, Eric, do you have a quick question for Victoria before we cut to our our next break? Oh man, all mine
1: are big questions. So let's. See, I will come <laughs> so, so, Victoria, tell us in two minutes what your favorite part of directing this episode was.
5: Oh, gosh, in two minutes. Okay. Well, my favorite part of this um, actually kind of surprised me a lot. Normally, because I come from an acting background myself, my favorite part is working with the actors. Uh, and I still loved that on this project. I loved working with the actors. Um, but... I discovered a new love, um, in working with our amazing composer, Kevin Croxton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am not a, you know, trained musician. I do not know much about music theory except for what I retained from, you know, a, a brief, uh, you know, lessons in, you know, high school choir, um, But the experience of working with Kevin on this score was just one of the most enjoyable collaborative experiences I have ever had in my entire life or career. Um, You know, Kevin uh, sat down with me before he ever composed a single note of of the score and we just talked through the whole film and talked about you know the the pace and and the the key moments and the arc of the characters and what we really wanted to you know bring the audience into and out of with these moments um and then you know I was with him every step of the way as he composed he'd write a little bit and we'd talk about it and go back and forth and it was just one of the most rewarding experiences I've had as a collaborator and uh I think that the the finished product the work I think speaks for itself. Uh I may be a little bit biased, but I absolutely love our score. Um and think that that's one of the the really key highlights of the film for me. Yeah, awesome. music m-
2: music is very important
5: to any project.
2: Um I think it's overlooked by a lot of fans actually. I think that's why John Williams is such a maestro in the Star Wars movies because he knows
0: mm-hmm.
2: how music works and I think I think Jeff Russo does the same thing for Picard and Discovery, is he knows when to use music and, and when not to. And music really sets the tone and the emotion of a scene. And the wrong song at the wrong time can kill a moment, just like the right song at the right time can make a moment equally. So anyway, listen, guys, we have to take our final commercial break. But don't worry. We'll be back with Victoria. We're not going to kill her off. Don't you worry. And um, our phone number here is (laughs) 646-668-2433. Give us a call, and uh, we'll get you right on the air with Victoria. If you have any questions about interlude or anything that's going on with the Avalon universe, please give us a call, and we'll get you right on the air with Victoria. We're going to take this very brief commercial break, and – this is an oldie but a goodie that I thought I blew the dust off and, and pulled out of the archives. Um, this is by a good friend of ours, a good friend of the show, and I think you guys are going to recognize it. I think you're going to like it. We'll be right back after this awesome message.
0: It's
1: been a long road,
0: getting
1: some to hear. It's been a long time, but your time is finally here. You can feel the change in your
0: thoughts right now Nothing's in your way And they're not going to hold you down no more No, they're not going to hold you down Cause we've got faith not your call We want to hear what you have to say We've got faith to believe In just talking today you have got faith in your fingers all you got to do is sound out who can reach us right now. We've got faith. We've got faith. Faith
2: that you can And welcome back. We're talking with Victoria Fox. And, of course, that was that was by our very own Eric, speaking of music. I guess you guys didn't know how musically talented Eric actually is because not only did Eric sing that song, but he also sings our new theme song, which I had a lot of fun writing. Well, I didn't write the music, but I wrote the lyrics.
5: <laughs> so that's a lot of fun.
2: <laughs> so we're talking. You know, I thought, I thought that voice chorus.
5: sounded familiar.
2: It does. It yes. Does. It, that's Eric. So... um, so Eric, uh, now now that we have the full time, you you can continue on with your longer question.
1: <laughs> yeah, the big, uh, the, the big <laughs>
2: one, the more
1: uh, involved question. So yeah, I want to make sure and leave times for the uh, time for these other guys. But uh, so we know that you have uh, directed in the past, but there were some things that I noticed about this one that were a little bit different that I. I was wondering if you'd like to kind of geek out on just a little bit. Um, One of the things that I noticed was that, um, and I'm assuming this is your choice, there were a lot more uh, kind of towards the beginning of the film, uh, close-up shots of control panels and things like that, and things that kind of bring you into the moment. Was that a decision that you got to make, or or, uh, was that, you know, predestined somehow? But I just love the zoom-in shots of what's going on on the, uh, you know, captain's chair control panel and other stations around the bridge.
5: Well, you know, I wish I could just say, like, yes, of course, that was absolutely me and take 100% credit for it. But <laughs> it was really a combination of things, you know. Um, one, that that set is just so phenomenal. It's, it's just amazing. such a fantastic wow, set. Well, I want to talk um, about the set, and, too. And yeah. the details – yeah, the details on it are so great. So, of course, you know, I, I wanted to get to see, you know, the details of these screens and, um, you know, all the control panels and everything. And specifically, you mentioned the captions chair, and that's one that I, I love um, because I did not know beforehand, because the last time we had seen the set, that wasn't there, um, when we had gone down to look at the set in advance. And it wasn't until we got on set and we were mid-shoot, um, and I was talking about, you know, wanting to do, you know, certain shots and, and stuff, and, and I mentioned the, you know, panel on, on the captain's chair there that you see, and, uh, you know, Dana Wagner, who is kind of the, the set magician down there i'm going to call him because there's really no one word that really sums up everything that dana does down there um he said oh well do you want me to to put something in there custom for you and i was like you can do that right right now because we need to shoot it right now and he goes yeah give me five minutes (laughs) and so so dana you know pops the panel out and does a little you know wizardry um, pops back in. So there you go. He's like, what do you want it to say? (laughs) So so he did, he did that on the fly. So it would say exactly what we wanted it to say. And um, you know, then we, we just went from there and uh, it was, it was really great to have that kind of, you know, surprise, uh you know flexibility on on that because you know I figured we would just have to you know shoot a blank panel um and then have you know that done in post uh, where we would put you know the graphic on it because that's what we usually have to do um on all the other sets that we foam on but this time, we, we were filming on a set from the future, uh, and we got to, got to do things, you know, live in, on, on the day and the moment. So that was great, because then we could have the actor actually interacting um, live with that panel, um, and that was really fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was partly, uh, you know, my decision, because before we ever went down there, it was something that, you know, we talked about wanting to have a certain feel, you know, on on the bridge, and wanting to have a different feel on each one of the bridges because it's the same bridge set, but we're on two different ships. Um, And then it was partly, you know, Josh's decision as uh, director of photography. You know, he wanted to shoot, you know, certain things certain ways. And then, you know, a lot of it was just dictated by the circumstances of having this incredible, beautiful, detailed set that we wanted to show off because why wouldn't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, and I mean it is really something. And I'll I'll say so. One of the things that I did want to ask you about, which you just alluded to a little bit, was that uh, we get to see the bridge of two Ares class vessels uh, in this mm-hmm. in this film. Um, I also noticed that you shot. Uh, it says filmed on location uh, both at Aries Studios and Warp 66, so uh, both in Georgia yeah. and Arkansas. So tell us more about the two, like, why the two Aries-class ships had different looks and how that plays into, if it does or does not, to the two different shooting locations. Those might be two separate questions. I'm not sure.
5: Uh, they're kind of two separate questions. But, um, well, you know, the film is such a, you know, sort of small little moment, right? You know, and we're on two different bridges going back and forth. And really the decision to have them look different um, was motivated by my desire for clarity for the audience to be able to just almost sort of instinctively understand, even if we weren't seeing a captain in a shot, we're on this bridge, this is the Aries, this is the Artemis, um, to try and have that that sense of grounding um, for the audience visually uh, to differentiate each of the ships. And that was partly based on as far as the decision of how to do that was based on the things that we knew from the script story that, you know, the Aries is more damaged than the Artemis. So it's probably running on lower power. So it'll be a little bit darker, um, things like that. So, uh, you know, I just wanted it to be clear Without the audience really having to think about it, because we wanted them to be focused on what was going on emotionally and mentally withers on that journey, rather than trying to go, okay, wait, which ship is this?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Now, as to the two locations we shot at, um, the the sole reason for shooting at two locations is that Aries Studios had the bridge set, but that is all they had, and we needed a sick bay. So uh, Glenn Wolf uh, of Warp 66 uh, had a sick bay, and we said, all right, well, that's a lot closer uh, than, for instance, going down to Neutral Zone, uh, who also has a sick bay. So we decided to, you know, just sort of film that here close by where we already were uh, so we could get that that scene um, because it was very important to Jonathan – uh, the, the writer and executive producer that we get to see Ramirez sort of laid low uh, in this attack rather than just alluding to it. He wanted to really visually put that in front of the audience. So we had to see sickbay, Bay and uh, that's, that's the answer. It's not, it's not really anything in terribly, uh, you know, in terms of creativity, it's just a necessity.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it's it's fascinating to me that you guys um, go around and you you know these studios well enough that you can find the right studio for what you need at that moment. Um, so that's amazing. And uh, yeah, I want to make sure and leave time for these other guys. But but yeah, go ahead. Uh, thanks, thanks Victoria. Go ahead, Charles. <laughs> why don't you? <laughs>
2: why don't you head out next? The birthday boy oh, up. Though.
1: The birthday boy's up.
3: Well, one thing. Let's throw in since we had talked about Drake and learning that they had to nickname him Two Take Frank. So, do
5: we have Two Take Fox or One Take Fox?
2: Good question. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm
5: Charles. I'm having a very hard time hearing you. You're very quiet. Uh, can somebody uh, repeat that for me? We talked
3: about Frank j- and learning that he being the nickname Two Take Freak. So I wonder if we have one-take talk
1: or two-take talk. <laughs> do you get it on the first shot or the second shot?
5: <laughs> well, uh, you know, that very that very much depends on uh, the context because, um, oddly enough, I, I tend to do more than one take uh, when I'm directing. But that sickbay scene that we mentioned uh, was a very – a chaotic, crazy day um, that we just had a whole lot of circumstances that we were uh, completely unable to predict. Um, the actor who played uh, Admiral Ramirez, uh, his name's David Agronsonis, and he came down. He's somebody who's worked with uh, Josh and I on Avalon Universe before, uh, and he came down uh, to play that role. He came in on a flight, and we – had to get him that morning, get out to the studio, shoot that scene, and then get him back to the airport uh, in about six hours. trick is that we have about a a two-and-a-half-hour travel time to the studio and back. (laughs) So we had a very, very small window of time to actually shoot the scene, and, of course, that that included – Makeup, you know, special effects makeup and wardrobe and all of those things, camera setup and lighting and et cetera. That's complicated enough. But then uh we also wound up dealing with a bit of a freakish uh bit of weather that day where we were getting snow and ice but also there were tornadoes. Oh, what? <laughs> so <laughs> so we we drove out to set, got it done uh, as fast as we could. I think we, we did uh, a, basically a, a single take of two different setups, um, and then and then we packed it all up, threw everything back in the car, and booked it back uh, to Fayetteville to get David on his plane and send him home before the weather got so bad that we were trapped. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Wow! Oh, wow!
1: That's really something, and yeah. and that's the kind of thing. Like it's like our podcast, which is live. You know, you never know when Jim's cat's going to jump on his head and pull his headphones off. So <laughs> you just gotta you just yeah. gotta bend in the wind, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, the question I want yeah. to throw
3: out, which kind of was a head scratcher for me, we hear we hear the chief engineer's voice. And then we see him on screen one, and then he, he shows up a second time with this big blackout, blackout or bubble over his head so we can't see him. And I was curious what happened there.
5: Well, they so, to blur out
3: the actor?
5: So there are two different engineers. Uh, the first time we we hear from an engineer that voiceover uh, that's the engineer Leonov of the Ares and then the second engineer um, that we actually see on screen is the engineer of the Artemis.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
5: as for the blurring out of the face, um, that is actually something I was not involved in that 's a decision that Josh made um, because the person who played that role, Paul Jenkins, um, subsequently to us making the film, uh, there arose a legal dispute between Paul and Alec Peters. And so uh, Paul's legal team had asked that we put a disclaimer on the film, clarifying that his appearance in the film did not... Uh, was not an endorsement of of Alec Peters by Paul. Um, That's something that we all agreed to um, in order to be able to release the film as planned. Uh, However, it's not something that Josh was able, I guess, to follow through on. Uh, And so his uh, fix, I guess, for the problem was to blur out Paul's face. Uh since then Josh has now gone back and he has recast and filmed that role with guess who? Have you have any you seen the the mm-hmm. No, not Archer. But close. You're you you were you were one step away from getting the right answer there. Uh with Tyler Donovan.
1: AKA mm-hmm. Marty
5: McFly, A. K. A. Derek Mason. That's right. And now AKA what? engineer of the Artemis
1: <laughs> which was hilarious to see him in that role and like going from captain to engineer and then I watched that whole Marty McFly uh thing I can't remember <laughs> it was, where he <laughs> he did it uh in the Star Trek you know on the uh, in the engineering but in a Marty McFly way which was hilarious.
5: It is one of his and Josh's favorite things to do is to do wh- whatever they're currently filming. Marty McFly. It.
1: <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. He sounded just like him.
5: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's there's a there's a reason that you know that whole thing with Tyler started as a a family Halloween costume, uh, where uh, his wife at the time uh, and Tyler and their son uh, dressed up for Halloween as Marty, Jennifer, and, uh, a baby doc. And people, you know, saw, saw this and said, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You look just like Michael J. Fox. Like you could, you could be, you know, Michael J. Fox. And so then that kind of spun off into Tyler deciding, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to test that theory, I guess. And so he started doing, um, down on uh, Dixon street, which is the sort of, you know, bar and and entertainment uh, area of Fayetteville where, where we live Um, going out, you know, on the weekend on the street and doing sort of street performances as Marty McFly. And then that turned to him going to uh, conventions and doing Marty McFly, which has since turned into him doing um, I hope I don't get this wrong. Uh, a a film called Back to the 2015 Future, forgive yeah. me, to and yeah, no, else if I've that's gotten right. it wrong, but I think that's correct. Um, you know, and he's done some really cool things that are uh, that I think are neat, where he's done like people's uh, he's done like appearances for people's weddings and birthdays, where he'll like make a video um, and and you know send a, a you know, wedding video to people in like, I think it was like Sweden or something. And it, yeah, it's just kind of turned into this whole thing for him. So (laughs) you never know what what could happen from a simple Halloween costume.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. So I I just wanted. to, did you have another, Charles, did you have another question, Charles? I uh, just I wanted to, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's your, you're the birthday your boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just fine. wanted to, I wanted to re. I just, are we going to be, are we going to ever, are we going to see you in front of the camera again or are you hanging up? Yeah. Because I would be really well... disappointed if we never saw her again. I mean. Who, well, owns, you know what? I'm, who, who owns that character who, who, is that your character or, or
5: well you know that's that's one of those tricky questions because of the nature of fan films being what they are um technically nobody can own anything uh in in the fan film you know sphere um, you know Josh Josh created that character originally, but he wrote that character for me to play it. Um, And then everything beyond Ghost Ship for that character is material that that I wrote and created. Um, So who owns it? That's debatable and tough to say. Um, But unfortunately, uh, Josh has made the decision that uh, I'm no longer going to be part of Avalon Universe. And the Avalon universe uh, is something he's going to continue forward with. So I'm afraid, I'm afraid that's it for Beck, at least Beck as played by me. I have no, no idea whatsoever if he intends to revisit that character in the future in some capacity. But if he does, it will be presumably with someone else playing the role.
2: Well, you know what we need? We need a big Klingon battle with the the kicker of Klingon butts, and we need to have a big, <laughs> big send off with the, you know, where, where we look into your you eyes know, I, and we
5: growl. <laughs> I I would have I would have loved that. Um, you know, Chuck who who plays uh, Ramirez uh, also we probably won't see him again, um, and you know he and I would have loved to have had some sort of. Uh, you know, epic send-off uh, as as the other characters who have departed uh, got to have. But unfortunately, that appears to not be in the cards for us. So on the flip side, that means you all get to write your own, uh, you know, headcanon stories of what <laughs> happened to Beck and Ramirez um, and, and the rest of the uh, Excalibur crew uh you know when when they are never seen or heard from again <laughs> what what happened? Where did they go? What did they do uh and you get to create uh you know whatever story you want i know I know the story that I had created um I know where where Beck was going to wind up. I know where Ramirez was going to wind up, and where Menard uh was going to wind up, and where the doctor was going to wind up um but those those will, I guess, die a uh, a secret at this point. <laughs> so
2: before before that nice lady comes on and tells me that we're running out of time, um, what what projects are you currently involved in? Where where can people? Are you going to create a new character, or or are you just going to be behind the camera? And if so, what projects are you working on currently?
5: Well, for right now, um, I've kind of made the decision that I think it's best to kind of let Josh have uh, the space in the fan film uh, community that he really wants to have uh, for himself. Um, I'm busy working on non-fan film uh, projects at the moment. I've, in the last few months, been working on the casting teams of several films, uh, that have been really exciting, one uh, called uh, Monstrous, starring Christina Ricci, Uh, another called The Chariot, um, starring John Malkovich. I was pretty excited about that one. Um, And I actually just, uh, you know, kind of had to rush, you know, to get here tonight because I was working on um, a film uh, starring Justin Long, who – Um, sci-fi nerds might remember as like the geeky kid from Galaxy Quest. He's grown up now. He's, you know, not that that geeky kid anymore. Uh, (laughs) And and Kate Bosworth. So the casting side of things has kept me really, really busy the last few months. Uh, I have three uh, short film scripts in development right now that I'm hoping to produce uh, in the next year. depending on how some things shake out with this hopefully fingers crossed tail end of COVID. Um, but yeah, I, I've got a lot of things in the works, a lot of things I'm working on. Um, I have a, a film that I have a role in in front of the camera that will be on the Hallmark channel in October. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and it's a, a little bit different affair than, than Star Trek but <laughs> uh, but you'll be able to see me on Hallmark in October and yeah just lots of different things going on um keeping me very busy outside of fan film so i i would like to come back and and tell some more stories um in the future uh but right now um all the, all the stories that i had kind of created for Avalon universe some you guys will never get to see some my understanding is that Josh is moving forward with those scripts that I created on his own. So at least those stories will be seen in some capacity. Um, And I don't know if I, if an idea comes to me that I, you know, think really fits in that framework of a fan film, I would certainly come back to it, but I don't know when that'll be at this point.
2: Well, you know what? I'm so glad that, that we knew you way back when. We can say to people, oh, yeah, yeah, we had her on the podcast when no one even knew who she was. <laughs> so that's right, that's I really, right. You know?
0: can say really like, we discovered taking,
2: her. <laughs> yeah, we discovered her. That's right. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk with us. I really, really do. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. For uh, sharing some time. Oh, no, so thank all the thank fans. you
5: guys. I I love coming and hanging out with you guys and listening in to the rest of the show, uh, you know, while I'm hanging on the line. And uh and belatedly, uh because I didn't want to interrupt earlier, but happy birthday, Charles. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's cool.
2: Yeah. So Very much appreciated. Yep. It, it it uh it just goes by so quick that the the lady's telling me in my ear here that we have three minutes left till we get cut off so thank you so much, Victoria, for hanging out with us and talking with us. I really appreciate it, and hopefully we can have you back again in the not too distant future and um maybe you'll get you know kick some more Klingon butt I can only hope
5: <laughs> i I am available for Klingon butt kicking. If, if anyone has a need.
2: Is that on your
1: business card? <laughs>
5: you know what? It's not, but it Careful should be. GM. I should add that to my resume.
1: Putting <laughs> on butt kicker.
5: Careful,
2: Jim, because my kicker of for that battle.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. Should take that bat lift right away from you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm running away. I'm going to run and hide behind. The... <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Victoria. I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can have you back and we can talk about all kinds of great stuff in the future. Um, there's always a chair on Trek talking for you, Trek or not.
5: Thank you, and I will be happy to come back anytime to talk about whatever you guys want.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? When, when, when we start talking, when Star Trek actually comes back on TV again and this COVID is all over, and we have Picard to talk about, we have Prodigy to talk about, we have Lower Deck to talk about, we have Discovery to talk about, we have Strange New Worlds yes. to talk about.
5: You know, I'm incredibly get... excited about this huge slate of, of stuff that we're going to get. I'm, it's you know an embarrassment of riches. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. we can have
2: you back on as a, as a guest host, and you can share your opinions on different Star Trek projects or episodes with us if you're available. Anytime. Awesome. It'll be fun. All right. Thanks a lot, Victoria. Have a great night. You guys too. See you, Victoria. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. guys. We're out of time. Um, I gotta let you guys know that next week, um, Eric will not be with us due to prior obligations. So you're stuck with me and Charles. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna we have a lot of Star Trek news to go over. A lot, some of the stories we bumped from this week to get Victoria on will carry over to next week. And we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to talk about Star Trek Beyond. And there's a lot to talk about Star Trek Beyond for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And we're going to talk about, well, a lot about that movie and different situations surrounding it. So you guys want to tune in for that. And I just want to say one more time, happy birthday to to you, Charles. And thank you so much for hanging out with us and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, Charles.
3: Oh, it's always fun to talk to it, and I love talking to our guests.
2: Yeah, Victoria is great, isn't she? And, wow, my God, we're we're going to get thrown off here. And, of course, Eric, we couldn't do the show without you either, Eric, so thank you so much for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight, Eric. Thank you.
1: Love it. Thank you, guys.
2: Always fun. And, of course, thank you to each and every one of you guys listening, no matter where you are around the globe, no matter what time zone you're in, no matter what country you're in, and no matter what language you're listening in. We appreciate you guys so much, and we could never do the show without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure you head over to our Facebook page, Trick Talking and Beyond, and uh, tell us where you're from. We'd appreciate that. And tune in next Thursday, same bat time, same bat channel. We're going to talk about Star Trek Beyond. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying thank you, good night, and hailing frequencies are closed. Good night.
3: Night, y'all. Live long and long, sir.
2: Can we go already? Yes, fine.
3: Oh, not good. Engage.